0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Shock, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance and hope, processing grief. These are the seven stages of grief that also include the now classic five stages that um, Dr. Kubler-Ross outlined but include, expand it to include guilt and an upward turn and, and reconstruction. In her definitions of the stages of grief, denial is that this can't be happening. Anger is, why did this happen and who is to blame? Bargaining is make this not happen and I will do this, God, or I will do that, God. Depression is I can't bear this, I'm too sad to do anything. And acceptance is I acknowledge that this has happened and I cannot change it. And as I read this gospel full of grief as well as new life, I can't help but think of all those steps that intermingle and combine and recycle themselves in our own losses in this life. And I think of it in terms of the gospel, what stage was Mary in? What stage was Martha in? And I think that's pretty easy to identify in that they are in the anger stage when they talk to Jesus, right? If you had been here, my brother would not have died, says Martha as she runs to greet Jesus. She's not running to hug him, she's running to blame him. Her anger and pain and grief fueling her getting closer to Jesus. To ask him, why weren't you here? Mary, the same thing. She runs out and the crowd of folks that were there consoling her. And she says to Jesus... You could have saved my brother. Not in those exact words, but something like that. If you had been here, you, Jesus, could have done something. And then, I think we're called to also look at what stage Jesus himself might have been in. Jesus, after all, is both fully human as well as fully divine. And he, too, divine as he was, felt all the same things that we feel in our loss and in our grief in our lives. Maybe Jesus was in denial at first. Why else would he purposely wait days before going to see his friend? Now John, who likes to expand on things as a gospel writer, gives it meaning by saying, this death is not the end it will show new life. But even taking John's explanation into account, it's kind of bizarre that Jesus waited. You don't usually wait to, to be with someone in grief unless you're in denial. Oh, there's still time. And then he gets there. And Mary, her words, her anger, her grief, makes him weep. And you can think about Jesus. This is one of the most human moments in his life. And Jesus wept. Wept at her pain. And Jesus wept. And in our burial services... In our funeral services, I always feel so known when we read that prayer in the prayers of the people in that liturgy. Jesus wept at the grave of his friend. I always feel so known by Christ because Christ experiences, experienced and experiences the range of human knowledge, emotion, and experience. I also think, though, that Jesus was doing a little bargaining. But when you are God, how do you bargain with God? Change this, you know, and maybe that's where John, the gospel writer, gets the point of, well, there was a message in this death. There was a message in this death. But even, even after Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, Lazarus will die again. We don't think of that much. But it's something we must accept. That even as we live in new life or faith or in grace in this world, that doesn't absolve us of being human and being mortal. So this raising of Lazarus from the dead was a sign in the Gospel of John, and it's the seventh sign to teach us who Jesus was. And it teaches us again that Jesus was both powerf- powerfully and profoundly human. Jesus Delayed, he wept, he bargained. And powerfully and profoundly God, and that he had the power of God's love to simply say, come out, Lazarus. And we hear the rattle of bones like in Ezekiel as Lazarus gets up and walks out of the tomb And then Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. And Lazarus lives again. In the seventh sign, we see again who Jesus is in the eyes of the community of faith that the gospel writer John represents. This is the last Sunday in Lent, and we need to deal and learn and remember and share that we live with so much loss as human beings, and yet as well that we proclaim a God of life and eternal love. There are seven signs to tell us about who Christ is in the Gospel of John. I'm just going to do a real quick review with you. The changing of water into wine, healing the royal official's son, healing the paralytic at the pool, feeding over 5,000 with fish and loaves, walking on the water, healing a man born blind, and raising Lazarus from the dead. And John, the gospel writer, selected these seven signs and included them in a particular order for the purpose of opening the eyes of the unbeliever to have faith in the real Christ and gain life in all its fullness. Seven signs echo the seven days of creation echo back to when God, out of nothing or what barely was or it is totally unknown, created us for God's self to be in relationship with God and to live life abundantly and fully and with purpose. God created this life Out of the unknown in seven days, and after seven wonders, Jesus calls Lazarus out of death into new life. And though he will die again, it is a sign of what we believe will be our new creation after death. But we are not supposed to think that much about the new creation after death. We are supposed to cherish this life. We are called to cherish this life. And in the little things, and in the grand things, and in the small opportunities, and in the large uh, opportunities that that present themselves to us, we are called to act in love creatively and for the purposes of abundant life of grace. I recently read an article called The Girls Are Not Alright and it's about younger, um, well, teenage girls uh, and about the high percentages of anxiety and mental health challenges. And it's not just particular to girls, of course, but this article was focused on them. And I remembered a poem that's called a reversed poem. And it's goes like this. I hate the girl in the mirror, so you'll never hear me say that I'm good enough. I know in my heart that the number on the scale defines my worth and that being thin will make me happy. I refuse to believe that there is hope. I'm ashamed of my body no longer can I say that I am worth fighting for. That is spiritual struggle. And when God breathes life into the old dry bones where one thinks there is no life, when the spirit of renewal and creation is invoked, and when God says, your name, young girl, come out. This is what happens. This is the reverse of the poem. I am worth fighting for. No longer can I say that I am ashamed of my body. There is hope. I refuse to believe that being thin will make me happy. And here... Just insert whatever grief or loss or struggle you yourself have. I refuse to believe that being thin will make me happy and that the number on the scale defines my worth. I know in my heart that I'm good enough, so you'll never hear me say that I hate the girl in the mirror. This is the end, the last Sunday in Lent. And we begin Lent, we began Lent by making a sign of ashes in the same place where we make the sign of the cross at our baptism, the sign of the cross with holy oil. And we remember our fragility, but never forget that Christ wipes those ashes of death away so that me may look in the mirror and never say that we hate ourselves on ash wednesday we prayed a self-guided tour of called Dust and Ashes. And we prayed this prayer. O oh God who gave us life and in whose arms we die, we, you know us as we are. Understand what we have been and see what we shall become. We give you back our lives that you may make them new. Generous, committed to hope, and fearless to do your will, that your whole creation may live to praise your name now and forever. Amen. So as you cycle through the seven stages or steps of grief or think of the seven wonders of Christ to help you hold on to hope, when you hear the bones rattle, it's just the prelude from death to life anew. And when you feel depleted, remember that the Spirit of God is calling you to unbind yourself from what causes spiritual death, and come out of the tomb, renewed, loved, and knowing that God awaits you. Amen.